Welcome to Honest Retail, the weekly podcast that dishes out the truth about the latest news, trends, and blunders from the CPG, consumer, and retail industries. Now, here are your hosts, Cameron McCarthy, Taylor Foxman, and Carlton Fowler. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Honest Retail. Uh, Excited to be joined, as always, with Taylor and CJ. Uh, Shorter episode this week. We got about three topics to run through. Um, But yeah, excited to to get going. Taylor, how's everything going uh, with you right now? Greetings from uh, Miami. It's better weather this week. Uh, Last week was tornadoes, and this week is uh, tropical sunshine. So can't complain. How are you guys? I'm doing all right. Uh, I mentioned uh, a little bit before we started recording, it's my three-year-old's birthday. So I, I went into the class today and, and read them a riveting story of of Dragons Love Tacos. And I had the whole class engulfed on every word I was saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it's been a good start to the week so far. CJ, how, uh, what are you up to? Everybody, everybody loves tacos. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, let's see, it's Tuesday. I went up and visited my parents over the weekend that was fun um because like every time my dog goes up there she gets really excited because they have a yard or in my dog's mind they live in a park um and and that really freaks her out in a good way um and let's see weather's kind of kind of turning nice i traveled to chicago recently um was oh, we're missing each other i'm gonna go in two weeks nate, nate, nate was on last week and i I texted him when I was flying and I was like, Hey man, let me know your schedule. And he's like, I don't think I could make it in from Evanston. And, uh, and then I come to learn that Evanston's like a 20 minute drive. So thanks Nate. <laughs> you know, you know, now the, the threshold that he's willing to travel for. <laughs> Anything over 10 miles is too much. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe it was like a deep suburb or something. No, no. <laughs> Uh, um, Chicago is like very nice this time of year, but it's also like very like hit or miss, but I'm excited. I'm excited to go. Kehi show in June and go get a Ocheval burger. Like, I know that that's probably touristy, but it's just so damn good. It's like, it's, it's a must stop. So, uh, always excited to go there. Um, the, the gentleman I was meeting with out there amongst other things is like the king of outdoor entertainment. I, I think he's got like three or four really big like outdoor bars like uh mm. recess and uh, i i can't even name them all but like that would be so distracting if you if one owned like multiple really large on-premise locations <laughs> like, like I, I just wouldn't be able to like you know i wouldn't visit them with him and like all he could see was like where servers and managers could be better and I was, and I was like, I don't know how you do that. Like, all I want to do is like, <laughs> go hang out with all these people and tell them it's my bar. <laughs> so mm-hmm. clearly I'm not meant to own bars. <laughs> that does sound pretty like an awesome gig, but yeah, I can imagine it's, uh, it's pretty trying to like figure out, like, I, I have no wish to go back into like on-premise and restaurant stuff. It was like, I even like that show, the bear, like on FX, like everyone oh, loves yeah. it and I hate yeah. it. Cause I'm just like, this is like, reminds me of working in a kitchen and like, I don't, I don't want to watch this for, for pleasure. <laughs> this is not fun for me. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good, um, it's a good time. Um, all right, let's jump into some brands that caught our attention. Uh, CJ, anything in your travels? Okay, so um, I I wanted to do a really good one, 
this time because I feel like I did a low energy one last time. Uh, so my wife and I have been working our way through all of the uh, the nom nom like my hair. I haven't showered this morning. Some some good some good hair. Um, working our way through the nom nom paleo cookbooks. And I know this is more of a a product. So we we also use her products. So I'm, I'm looking at like you know a bunch of of prepackaged spices. But let me tell you, for a fairly healthy cookbook, like we haven't made a single recipe across two cookbooks. I think there's a third one to go that wasn't just good, but was like delicious. Uh, delicious. This is this is the highest possible CJ recommendation. Buy these cookbooks. Buy any of your other branded products. They're all super high quality, and they're they are like banger alert. Like this is a 100% banger alert. Did you, did you ever uh, did you ever dive into that cookbook I sent over to you guys? I did. I I I, I would I would I would say that it was shot absolutely beautiful, and there was a couple of things that were tasty. But my wife uh, is healthier than I am, which is ironic because I'm the one that tests <laughs> in a. In, in better for you products um and and tends to like books that have like phrases like whole 30 on them or or or, or paleo or stuff like that yeah i was like so excited because i was like i taylor i was like i was like i need to find like a, a gift to send to like our investors and mm. stuff and i was like mm-hmm. i've like actually used this cookbook like every weekend and it's like i'm very much like I'm like super strict on what I eat like Monday through Friday. And then I, I just don't care Saturday and Sunday, but like this book is like awesome. Like recipes, like for entertaining and stuff, but like it all oh, cool. it's, it's from Eric Wareheim, who's like a comedian as well. Hmm. So, but like, there's like a two page chapter that just highlights like for a joking purposes, like small horses. And then another two page chapter that highlights butt plugs. So I only, I knew <laughs> that I could only probably send it to one investor, <laughs> which was CJ and James and not get any, Hey, like, why did you send me this? What is this? Um, right. yeah. It's a very, it's actually outside of that, like a very good cookbook and entertaining book, uh, what, but it does have some comical it? relief in it too. I love James knows that like, I, I I get really obsessive over like if if there was no card, we don't know who it sent from like 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 I my mind can't let go of like who sent this. <laughs> um, who like, thinks I need this? Normally it's samples, but like in this and then I was just like, who sent us this? Like someone, someone, <laughs> someone clearly you know knows that I love I, you know I love Tim and Eric. And and like and like and then by like three months later, Cam's like, "Oh, hey, oh, by the way, did you guys get the cookbook I sent you?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, you solved the mystery." Yeah, you're, the, you're like, the uh, mystery. It was yeah, like a, it was like a release, like that, like when you're trying to like think of something and like it's like that mental release. It's yeah. like, oh, it's so good. Uh, Taylor, how about uh, you? Anything caught your eye this week? Yeah, I'm coming in strong too. Okay, have you guys heard of Filthy Foods? I have not. Mm-hmm. Okay, based out of Miami, 15-year-old company owning a totally cool white space. So they are like, again, I love that Olive Company. Remember the one, Cam, that pitched us for the yeah. freestyle? So Filthy, take a look at filthyfood.com. Like, it is beautiful. So they have, they started with like, I think, olives. So they do like, you know, pimento olives, like olives with um gherkins in it which is my favorite whatever so i found this company because i was like literally at the standard and i was like oh my god like what is this branding and like i just a beautifully done packet of like olives and i was like oh my god and then they're like here the company also has cherries 
So I steal every cherry from my husband's like Man- Manhattan's old fashioned, whatever the drink is that you have with the, with the cherries. So I was just like, this, this company, again, like super cool white space in my mind of like premiumized versions of like cherries and garnishes, everything having to do with like the cocktail experience. So I like pursued this man like no other and then found out like just virtually they've been around for 15 years and they're on like Carnival and they work with like Virgin Airlines and all the cool like PF Changs and stuff. And then he just launched this whole like mix line of like premium olive brine and margarita mix, whatever. I'm so obsessed. And I met him yesterday and he gave me a box of all this and I am I'm the happiest camper. I just absolutely love like this whole category. I think like there's been so much, I don't know, there's so many brands out there creating like more tequila sodas and cans. And like, I think not that I would want more competition for him, but I just think it's a really cool space and he's been doing it for a while and seems like he knows what he's doing. So yeah, I think it's awesome. The, uh, and this is another brand. I don't know if I pronounce it right, but like, <clears throat> it, it looks like, uh, like Stussy, like the clothing yes. brand, like yes. the, the logo and the branding kind of looks like, uh, like some more like streetwear. Is it like- pronounced Stussy? Because I've been calling it Stussy my entire life. <laughs> I don't, it's Stu- it might be Stussy because it's got the two things over the U and yeah. I know F-U-L is fuel. So that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but Stussy kind of sounds cool. So I, that's what I've always called it. <laughs> All right. Well, I had no idea. There we go. Um, I mean, I, I can still draw the S, you know, left over from the, the the certain age millennial that I am, which was like, you know, I've got I've got you know old old school binders covered in those things. Yeah, it's kind of like the S that like you draw the six lines and then you connect them all like in your like old school like uh mm-hmm. like high school book. Um, so for me, uh, the brand is Tashe, which is a pistachio milk. There's like this coffee shop. That just opened up by us and it's like their main milk that they use um and it's awesome like it like acts as like a sweetener kind of because the pistachios uh it's awesome uh i might be pronouncing that name incorrectly as well but the product's awesome i really like the the colors like it's very like soft um like mint green colors um similar to like a pistachio um but just love the branding i don't see a ton of pistachio milk out there i'm a sucker for new like uh plant-based milks and um just really like this one i think they're starting to roll out um into stores so i'm excited to see that but they've really like done a great job infiltrating coffee shops uh, which I don't think a lot of every brand says like, let's do on-premise first and then let's go into retail. Not a lot of brands do that well, but this like package looks really nice where I think a lot of coffee shops like to kind of put it out as an option and like have the customer see it. It looks super upscale, like a little like French coffee shop would have this in there. Um, and I just think they're going to translate that really well to retail success as well. So that is my pick. Um and we can actually dive kind of right into the first topic off of brands. So, um, like last, I think last. Can, can oh, wait. That? Hold on. I'm going to play a pronunciation tool. Okay. <laughs> not say juicy, but rather stussy. What? See, here are many more videos about how to pronounce all of the top fashion and design brands from all around the world. So clearly, Stussy. Well, yeah, but if you, we if you are say it's Stussy, it looks this great. American clothing brand and fashion brand and private company started sometimes in the early okay, so 1980s. <laughs> well, we got to the bottom of that. 
stews it's more of a stew see i like that uh <laughs> well then that also helps with the transition right of, of talking about fashion so um like i guess it was at a lakers game like two weeks ago um they had a um like a, a picture of jonah hill like in this like ridiculous wig and he was like on the sidelines with lisa renner uh, which if anybody doesn't know Lisa Renner, like um, you need to watch more Housewives because I consume a lot of it. Um, <laughs> um, I won't ask any questions. I'm not asking. It's a just question. it's just the only lie. It's the only um, what do you call that reality TV I watch. Um, but yeah, so basically the way that they they're all wearing like these really cool um, like um, crew necks that say meaningful existence um kind of cool like 70s like um branding and the whole vibe of the brand is like cult following and so jonah's basically like created this character that's especially that, that he calls like the prophet ezekiel prophet and it's he's basically being um this cult leader and they recruited lisa renna to basically be like the first student and like so she's basically following him around and they're basically creating this brand together and the branding, like the story and everything is just so out of left field. And I know we talk about a lot about celebrity brands, but I just thought it was such a cool way of like, okay, what if we create a fake character around this? And what if we just like create like a whole ethos around this of like, um, like this like LA kind of like cult following and then draw back to the time of like the seventies where like all the cult followings were happening and like actually like have Jonah Hill have like a lot of creative freedom to like make this character. Um, and then you add on top of it, like the actual logo um, and streetwear like looks pretty cool that I just thought this was like an awesome application. I think this is like someone having like a lot of fun with like a potential brand that they're launching. And I just think it's like, a, it's a very cool way to do this versus like um, kind of like how we see like other celebrities um, either like are fully on board with brands or anything like that to actually create like an individual character around this, I thought was really cool. Um, and yeah, I just like, I think there's a lot of different ways they can take this in the future. I was tweeting, like, I really hope this brand like creates a Kool-Aid line, like in the future. Cause like, again, like that would make like a ton of sense here, but I just want to put this brand on everyone's radar and make it, see if we can kind of turn it into a topic versus just a highlight. Because I did think that the way that they were approaching this was super creative and an awesome way to engage a celebrity in a way we haven't really seen, um, you know, brand do so far. So CJ, let's kick it off with you. Are you going to rock a meaningful existence sweatshirt anytime soon? I mean, I, I don't see how I can possibly replace Larry the Lock in my rotation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like Larry, Larry the Lock has the, the you know, the crew net sweatshirt spot in my rotation locked up, pun intended. Um, but I mean, like everything you said makes sense. This is fun. It's cheeky. Profit Ezekiel Profit. I love it. Um, we'll see how long he holds the bit. Like, is this an SNL skit or, or is this like a Colbert level thing where he holds it for, for a long time? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that that kind of will have to do with like how, like how it takes off. Right. Like, I think like, um, I think if it, if it takes off well, which like the initial response has been pretty great. Um, like it would be cool for him to like actually have like two kind of <laughs> personalities that he puts out, uh, like into like actual actually the wild. Yeah, I love it. Taylor, did you did you take a look at it and what were your kind of thoughts on on this uh this brand approach here by a celebrity? No, I think it's I think it's really cool. I don't have much else to add. In fact, that my fun fact, which none of you, neither of you know, 
is I, I, I'm a hoarder of sweatshirts. I buy, I buy a sweatshirt everywhere I go, which is a really costly habit. But instead of buying like bottles of distilleries and like buying product of whatever nut milk, I just buy sweatshirts everywhere. Anyone that has merch, I buy sweatshirts. So I'm definitely team. What is is the connection between sweatshirts and nut milks? (laughs) (laughs) It's supporting, it's supporting brands. Like if I, I don't know how you make, how one makes nut milk, but if I were visiting a nut milk, you know, production facility and they had a sweatshirt, I would buy it. So I got All right. I swag up. Yeah, that's all. That's where, you know, where they make all that, all that nut milk, you know? So, no, I love, I love, I love, love, love merch. Okay, so I'm into it. I, I'm on board. There's like a big I have so many sweatshirts. Up. I have so many sweatshirts. Is there not, yeah. is there not some like really high-end um, industry collective swag then? Because like, I, you know, I, I, I get involved. I feel like you would deserve like at least one free like item i don't know like sweatshirts are pretty expensive i do credit you for a lot but like they are really expensive I'm happy at this to point. so i would I, say I, like yeah maybe like i'd give you like a sweatband you know um and then uh, over time you know as as you continue to prove your loyalty to me and my business you know maybe i'll give you a sweatshirt because like now sweatshirts are like 80 bucks you know so i'm, I'm, but, I'm, I'm down to, to pay to play like because uh, where, where i think i can trust you is that the sweatshirts are going to be of high quality they'll uh, be of high quality they'll be thought out Mm-hmm. I have a good mm-hmm. swag guy, uh, Taylor, if you need it. So I can hook you up. Oh, yeah, you do have great stuff. You're right. I guess my whole business has been like anti like promotion. But at some point, I got to make a business card, right? And go. so if I do business cards, I got to make a sweatshirt. I'll go in. I'll do it. I just tell people a postcard whenever they ask for a card. Like it's mainly just laziness. We've never made them. But like, I've never made it either. If you just then shame them about like, no, I'm postcard. Like we don't we don't ruin trees anymore to make business. <gasps> that's what you say. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. It's like the like old Mitch Hedberg line of like, here you throw this away. Like that's how I feel like about making business cards. Like I feel like I'm here's my QR code. To, <laughs> I'm giving it to them to throw <laughs> away for me. Um, yeah, well, I'm excited to check out this brand. I really hope that they come out with like a like something in the future, like like a ready to drink like Kool Aid or something like very like can just continuing to build off of this. Uh, I thought it was super cool to have somebody just create a personality around a brand. I feel like I'm missing one or two brands in the past that have kind of done something similar, but nothing kind of at this angle. Uh, but excited to see where they take it. Um, CJ, I'll let you. I'll let you kind of serve up this because this is definitely you and Taylor's space, but I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the kind of federal cannabis legalization push that we're seeing. Yep. And so uh, if you want to serve that up, um, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's, you know, there's some interesting life being shown in an industry that kind of like otherwise has really kind of taken some kicks in the teeth. Like, I don't know how, closely like the listeners follow like the like either the public or private markets for cannabis. Um, but they haven't been great. And if you think the liquidity pullback in CPG has been kind of extensive and damaging, it's been like orders of magnitude in cannabis. So like the, the fact that there are a couple signs of life, like something like the WS, WSWA coming out and saying, Hey, we, we back this. And like, it's not like, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. They're coming out and saying, Hey, we think that federal legalization under a similar regulatory framework to alcohol would be good. And of course they'll benefit from that. But 
like the WSWA from a lobbying standpoint, like they are not small. Um, they are owed many favors and have spread around many lobbying dollars um, at the federal level. I mean, we're not talking like big oil, but we're not, you know, we're, we're not talking, you know, small by any means. And it certainly dwarfs the amount of cannabis lobbying dollars that can be brought to bear. So I just think that like when you start to see little signals like this after an industry has been, you know, again, from a public equity standpoint, kind of left for dead. Like, I don't know how mostly you guys follow the valuations in, in the cannabis world, but it, it got brutal. Um, this is kind of a, a nice, um, you know, something that folks can rally around um, and, and move forward. I don't know. Tay, what do you think? Good old Tom Cole stepping in. <laughs> Good old Tom Cole. Good, um, on, yeah, you, Tom. No. Good on you, Tom. Uh, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's a good step in the right direction. I think the more people that can get behind it, the better to put in and, you know, kind of make things happen. It's just taking a lot longer. Like a lot of this stuff is than they expected. And so I, you know, I work for some cannabis companies. You guys know I came from cannabis, like, you know, in between my times and booze. And I think this space is still feels like the wild, wild west in so many ways. And um, I think like, you know, getting to the point where like there is just more from like the regulatory perspective done to move the industry forward. Like, I think that's really going to be the way that, I don't know, becomes more mainstream and modernized and accepted. So yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, but it, it like to CJ's point, there's just, it's kind of, you know, it's a slow move build. It's like a slow build and there's just been, you know, a lot of pushback and um, we'll see where everything goes, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that they've, they're kind of backing and helping to move things well, forward. So I think kind of just goes to show like how important like go to market models and, and picks and shuggle, shovels are for this stuff. Like, you know, m most of the major cannabis companies, I'm not talking about like the fly by night ones that, you know, kind of existed in 2020 and 2021 and now no longer exist type things. Like, but you know, the, you know, the, 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 the big publicly traded cannabis companies, like all of their revenues have gone up significantly over the last couple of years um but there's just so much difficulty when you can't cross state lines and you have inventory trapped and you have all these different tax regimes and different you know regulation and different geographies like it's really hard to build a business that way um and so i, I you know hopefully this is that moment where like a lot of these states are starting to approach having as much in cannabis revenue to the government from a, an excise tax standpoint as alcohol does. Um, and when you get there, like, you know, that becomes pretty important. And, 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 and I'm just kind of hopeful that just basic capitalistic principles, like the government would like some more revenue starts to, to matter more than, than some of the political discourse around this. Yeah, I was just seeing too, like, I think, um, like, the only brand, like, I see, like, obviously, that continues to grow is, like, Canon. I think they just announced, like, uh, distribution, like, opening up in New York. So it just looks like, like, the ones that can be patient and um, kind of, like, wait for each state to authorize this are going to be the ones that end up winning. But it does look like maybe that, like, early gold rush to this space a few years ago might have just been a little bit too early, but there's still going to be a few winners that come out of it. Yep. And I, I was, I was the one who, like, literally, like, Luke has been sending me like, oh, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, I've been, an anonymous source has been sending me can like for a while, even pro, man. Okay, whatever. Anyway, point is to say, 
that now um, the day that New York like allowed for can to be sent, you know, direct to consumer, I literally was like the first person to like, I think I must have been in their database, like Taylor Foxman's the first person to <laughs> like sign up for the recurring subscription. Like I even got it sent to my house here in Miami because they started doing it in Florida and my parents didn't know what they were drinking. And they called me, they're like, we love that grapefruit soda. Like we've had all these grapefruit sodas. And I was like, yeah, that's not great. Um, there, there's like THC in that. And they're like, in what? I was like, in that drink that you've been drinking. Um, but no, I, I love it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. I, I purchase, like, I love their products. I absolutely love what they're doing. You know, one interesting thing to think about, and, and like, I mean, we could go on about this forever and all the stuff that's happening in like Minnesota with the, the, the Delta nine and the hemp, but like, you know, it kind of, redawned on me recently that like separate from gummies like cannabis beverages do have like a unique gating mechanism and that your stomach is only so big like i know that sounds like i'm joking but like the you know if you kind of look forward to a world be like okay like you know how do we get to a world where can sits on the shelf at 7-eleven right well the, the way you do that is by saying like hey we're going to treat cannabis beverages that have like five milligrams or less thc different because there just isn't really any way for you to drink a hundred of them whereas like if, if you had if you had a bag of two millimeter gummies you could easily crush that entire bag and just have a you know, say a pretty adverse effect um and so I, I i think that just the simple like stage gates of physiology um might end up being the the way that legislation makes a breakthrough <laughs> i said that's interesting i really thought about like that being like a, a barrier but um yeah i think uh it'll it's gonna go through the whole cycle and and once we start seeing like a few green lights here from a state level i think you'll start to see like investment dollars start to pick back up there or do you think everyone's just still scared that they're gonna wait and wait and wait um i think that there is going to be a, a pretty big shakeout in the industry. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, we we have one large investment there, you know, across some SUVs and, and like they're really they're really close to break even. And you know, it's it's one of those things where I, th I think that because there's not a, like a defined you know exit path, a defined path to federal legalization, like you know positive unit economics and then overall profit is going to be even more important in cannabis than it, than it will be in, in, in larger cpg because there's just no margin of safety to which like okay i know we can burn a little bit for a while type thing because we we you know we, we've seen you know seen this we have a pattern match for you know for the situation i just think that profitability is going to end up being really important there all right, well, let's move to our last topic here. Um, it looks like Amazon is not completely ditching free returns, but they are going to start charging people to make returns at UPS. Um, I kind of had two thoughts like when I when I read this. I think one is like they want to funnel more traffic to Whole Foods. Um, obviously, like that return program, mostly because like there's very few return programs where, hey, now you have a ton of options here to go shop and increase your basket size and go buy other products when you're trying to go and make a return. Yep. Um, and two, it's just like, 
returns is such a friction point for direct to consumer brands. Like, how do you make that easier? Um, like, are you going to charge for shipment? Are you not? It's such a headache and a pain point. So for a big company like Amazon to say, Hey, listen, like we're going to start charging. If you go outside of the parameters that we really want you to, which is, which is whole foods, um, you know, that's okay. So is it going to make it more acceptable for, you know, smaller DTC brands that need to charge for returns and things like that to be able to do so without the customer kind of getting upset? And is that leadership going to kind of come from the top down? So um, CJ, what, what were your thoughts kind of on that? And, and do you agree with like, this is a move to get people into Whole Foods? Um, I think that the latter is a very smart way to think about it. I think kind of like with a lot of these things, the like there's the clickbaity aspect of the story which is like oh my god amazon's gonna charge for returns oh no wait amazon's gonna charge for returns if you opted to not use a whole foods that if you live within x amount of it so hey it's not gonna be that broad but like the the more interesting thing that i thought was like buried in here is that amazon plans on flagging frequently returned products and i i, I kind of you know I would love to know that metric, you know, because they're, they're, they're always the reviews aspects of Amazon. And I think a lot of shoppers, you know, whether they admit it or not, like, I mean, if you're in Costco and you're trying to learn about a product, you're not going to Costco's website to learn about it. You're going to, to Amazon's you know, website to learn about it and dig some of the reviews. I would love to see some frequently returned data. And like, it's not like it wouldn't, it wouldn't harm Amazon because clearly if you, are statistically much more likely to be to be returned something's going on in in the value proposition communication that someone is not getting what it is they wanted once it arrived so it helps amazon it helps the consumers um and just is just like one more you know you know reason to I'm like oh yeah data always wins cool um so i, I, I thought that was the, the sneaky coolest part of the article that's a good point. I mean, I think I would take like, <clears throat> like if this product has like an over a 50% return rate, like there's no shot I'm buying it. And that's probably, ha that's going to sway me more than like four out of five stars where it's like out of 20,000 reviews, I don't know actually how to quantify that, but a return rate is probably going to weigh heavier on, on my decision-making process if they do make that public facing eventually. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Start throwing shade Amazon because I am here for it. <laughs> Taylor, um, what were your thoughts? Um, and do you feel like this is going to affect um, some of your shopping habits? I mean, I've never returned anything in my life, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's a bold statement. What did you say? I just found an entire bag of of clothing from Target with like the tag still on it that I'm pretty sure is from like last year. I'm so bad at returning stuff. Um, okay so i'm not alone like i i don't no i don't return like anything like I, it's too much of a process like i so i love wawa i'll go and give you an example i'm just gonna go down the diatribe i love wawa because i'm from new jersey and i bought a sweatshirt oh my god this is going through it's gonna this is a 360 comment i bought a, a, a wawa sweatshirt it's really tying in well here in this podcast. So I I bought a I bought a Wawa sweatshirt at 34 years old. On the okay, so the story is is that I bought a Wawa sweatshirt, and virtually 
um, it was a $25.99 sweatshirt and I didn't really fit me right. And I decided that I wanted to return it by the time it was the one thing I've returned in my life. And I haven't returned like $500 workout equipment. I haven't returned like, you know, hair appliances, but I wanted to return this by the time I got a new box, I brought it to UPS. I shipped it out. I didn't have a return label. I lost money on this transaction. And it was like the first thing I've ever returned in my life. And it was a $25 sweatshirt from Wawa. I should have just kept it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, is I feel like that's a big part of, right? Of, of like the, the value add of a, like a Zappos or an Amazon or whatever is like the ability to like just send things back. Like that's, I, I mean, I'm not one who does it, but I think that is like a big part of the, the plus up, right? Of the platform. So I do think I'm assuming it will be, it'll have some implications if people can't, because I think a lot of it too is like mindless purchases, right? Like, oh, I buy this stuff on Amazon. Like I could, I've, I hear that all the time. Like I could always, I could always just return it. So, so like if that- People can't return things. It's saying it's going to charge them $1 to return things if they decided to drive further to a UPS store than a Whole Foods that had a return center in it. Oh. Then I have no other comments. About this <laughs> I love how the the Wawa return experience just threw like into such a dizzy that like all you could do is see red in this like in this like uh, in this story. <laughs> is there someone cracking up in the background, or is that you, Taylor? It's me. That's I was gonna me. say it looks like sound like somebody in the background. I was like, oh man. It's like oh, no, I, that's me. I'm uh, just Wawa, like effect, like yeah, yeah. affected you so badly. Like it's always the ones that we hold oh. the closest to us. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna wrap yeah. on that point. We got a uh, great guest, uh, Ali Ball from Food Biz Wiz, is gonna join us next week. Um, so excited to kind of cross pollinate our two audiences. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Taylor, enjoy Miami. CJ, have a good week and uh, we'll see everybody next week.